brilliant. Have we got the slides? Yes. Okay, here we are. So we are looking at the Bible as a whole in six sections, six acts. We've had Act 1, which was creation. God created. It was good. Act 2 was the crisis, the fall. Act 3 being the calling of God's people. And now we have the main event. We're in Act 4. Um, and this is a moment that mankind has been waiting for. Jesus, heaven came down. Jesus left his throne. And he, um, Jesus was God on earth. And he showed us what it looked like to be human with the power of God working through him. So he put his godliness to one side and operated with the power of God working through him. And this is how we're intended to be. He made it possible. So how does it fit into the big picture? Jesus wasn't just a bridge to heaven that we would get to heaven, but he... Um, but he was, um, he's a bridge to the Father. He came so that he would reveal the Father's heart to us and show us what he looks like, show us what he's like, and bring us back to that oneness with him, take us back to how it was in Eden when God was walking with them in the garden. That same connection, that same oneness, Jesus came so that we would know that connection again. So today, what we're going to look at is how Jesus and what we, know, what we see about Jesus, what we know about his character, and the things that we see him do, and the things that we saw him do in his time of ministry that we read about in the Gospels, we, um, all these things were only possible because of his connection with the Father. He knew who he was as the Father's son. He had that real close connection with him. And because of that, he was able to um, do things that he did. And it was like an overflow from knowing who he was, an overflow of him and the Father. So, next. Can I do it? Yeah. Okay, for those of you who like a little diagram. Um, so there's an order to it. He was... Um, he knew his father, he knows his father, and the love that his father gives to him. He knows that. And from that place, he then knows who he is. And with that, then comes the overflow of bringing what God's calling is, of loving in the way that he can, and we get to love in the way that we do because of the love that we receive from the father. So Jesus, through the Gospels, is desperately showing us connection with the father he's going to tell you who you are and from that place then comes the overflow and the advancement of the kingdom okay wrong way brilliant so starting off point number one the most important place to begin before anything else god says know my love know my love receive my love abide in it and this is the first thing, the most important thing, before anything else. Um, so, you know, the first day in Jesus' public ministry on earth, he was baptized. The first thing we hear is the father saying, this is my son who I love. I'm so proud of him. That's the first thing. And then the rest of the Gospels, we see Jesus reflecting that back. My father, he's so good. I love him. And fathers are like, my son, I love him. So this is the kind of relationship we get to have with the father. 
He says, see me, know me, know my love, abide in it. And then from that place, you will go and do the same without having to try or strive. Like it just comes naturally. Um, and the, so, yeah, the beauty of it is we don't have to strive to receive his love or faith. It is a gift, like it's an offering. We don't have to do anything to try to get it. We just get to rest back and know that we are loved by God. First of all, before anything else. So think about um, John 15, the vine. Um, Fruit grows out of the vine's effort. Only when we abide does fruit come. Um, And that's about dependency on the Father. Unless we abide, there'll be no fruit. Unless we abide, there's no life. He says, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So um, I'll share a bit of testimony to kind of help demonstrate this. So I was, a couple of years ago, um, still in Sheffield, I was working at a restaurant, a big restaurant in the centre of Sheffield, and I was um, just allowing the Holy Spirit at this time to really teach me about evangelism and what it looked like, someone with evangelistic giftings, like how, how do I do that, what's that look like? And um, there was this particular time in like, working in this place where we would... So one of my favorite times was when Friday or Saturday night, busy shift, running around for hours, we get to the end of the shift, and we would sit down together once we cleared away, finished, closed, and we'd sit down, have a drink, and just chat. And this particular time, um, so often the conversation turned to something deeper. Like, they knew I was a Christian, I was the only Christian there, um, and they would ask my perspective on things, or, like, why I thought a certain way, or things like this. And um, this particular night, I'd just been sharing a bit about Jesus, and one of the guys, one of the waiters was like, I just feel like there's this gap, like this hole um, inside of me somewhere. I don't know what it is, why it's there. And he said, I tried so hard to fill it. Like I've tried this, that, and the other. And I just don't know what, what I need. But Steph, I feel like something you've got, like I, I want what that is. And in that moment, I, um, I just sensed the Holy Spirit like rein me in almost like a horse, like pull me in like this. So I was like, okay. I'm going to sit here. I'm not doing anything. Just like, trust you, God. And at that point, the manager pops up and he goes, oh, it's only Jesus can fill that hole. And um, it turns out he was a son of a pastor, um, not a Christian now, but he grew up in church. And and just, just almost watching this conversation unfold. And while this was all happening, one of the chefs always loved to plug his phone in and play his music out in the restaurant. And I wasn't really tuning in. I was part of the conversation he was like oh Steph I think you would um I think you would like this music it's church music it makes me feel really good and I was like tuning in he goes I think it's like Tides or something the band called Tides and it was Bethel Church's album Tides being played out in this big restaurant in Miller Sheffield um so this kind of stuff was happening often I was like this is so exciting like the Lord is teaching me how to be an evangelist and all this stuff is happening and um so hold that there. I go on a weekend away um, with the church at my prophetic appointment. And um, a couple of the leaders are praying for me, prophesying. 
And one of them goes, um, so I see you with a sword. You have a sword of evangelism, and I just see you laying it down. And in you laying it down is an act of worship. Oh, sorry, wait, let me just go back one sec. While this exciting stuff was all happening, I had this like sense of um, frustration and kind of, wasn't angry, but yeah, frustrated that like, with all this conversation happening, why isn't there revival already? Like, why hasn't anyone come to know Jesus just yet? What more do I need to do? Like, how, what, what do I need to do differently? Like, yes, I was being sensitive to the Spirit. That's what he was really teaching me about. But still, like, aside from that, I was like, what, what needs to change? And I was just kind of frustrated. So, yes, back to this prophetic appointment. Um, he says, you're, you, you're laying the sword down. And the Lord is calling you, inviting you into a season of intimacy where you will see just him, like tunnel vision. It's like my peripheral vision had been filled with people. And he was saying, I'm inviting you into a season of intimacy. Trust them with me. Leave them to me. I've got them. And that act of worship, of laying down the sword and saying that you are more important than the role I play on this earth. Um, and the beauty of it was that I didn't need to do anything to make that season come about. All I needed to do is rest into it because the Lord was inviting me into it. You know, when a season happens, we don't make it come about. The Lord makes it come about and we just go along and rest back into it, okay? So, um, so yeah, that's what happened. I was like, okay, Jesus, yeah, lead me into this um, season. And I just was focusing on him and just resting back in... Um, allowing him to take me into that season of intimacy with him. And um, in the transition between the two seasons, I just had this sense of um, restlessness, like um, kind of discontent. And I was, in my journal I'd written, I felt like I was being blown around in the wind. It's very poetic. <laughs> um, and I, um, yeah, just discontent. And the conversations probably like fizzled out a bit and just not feeling great. And Jesus was like, hey, do you, do you see what's happened? Do you love when Jesus helps us reflect? He said, um, do you see what's happened? And it dawned on me that after having laid down my sword of evangelism, I suddenly felt a lack of purpose. And, um, and Jesus was like, remember like, who you are before what you're doing, before bringing anything to the world. First of all, know that you are so loved and you are my girl and that comes first and then from that place comes the overflow, comes the advancement of the kingdom. And um, I'd love to say that after that revelation, went back to work, everyone came to the Lord and it was good. Like That didn't happen and it came my time to leave but I was able to trust them with God. Like, them being saved is not our responsibility. It wasn't my responsibility to get them saved. I can play my part, I can do my bit, but it's Jesus, Jesus has their hearts. God has their hearts and he said, I've got them, don't worry about them. Um, so yeah, this is, this is who you are. First and foremost, you are a loved son, you are a loved daughter, and you are so significant where you are so significant um, and he is smiling on you because he is so proud of you and you know that you know that moment when um, you've kind of 
fine. <laughs> that moment when you um, maybe kind of a moment of worry or fear or when you're kind of out of line with who God is calling you to be, how he's calling us to think. Um, and that moment when we connect again with our father and we see him again and it's like, oh, yeah, we remember who we are. Um, in that moment, he melts because he, he, you have his attention all the time. But in that moment that he gets your attention, he melts. He is so proud of you, and he is longing for that attention from you, and longing for that posture of your heart to be f- towards him. Um, so it starts with a covenant relationship before kingdom. Okay, So we start off with knowing that we are in a covenant relationship. So let's talk a bit about that. What is that so Jesus called it is, called us into a new covenant and we um, a covenant relationship is deeper than a personal relationship we are tied into it that's not a bad thing there is huge favor and blessing here tied into a covenant relationship with Jesus here's our covenant partner um, and like to be honest I, f- I forget that a lot of the time and I have to be reminded um, I don't know if that's the same for you, but a lot of the time, even though it is, yes, it's inscribed in our hearts, but we easily distract ourselves, like worry about things or think about other things, okay? Um, and this covenant, we get to s- surrender our separate existence and be one with God again. Jesus made that happen. We su- surrender our separate existence and we step into the life of Jesus. He dwells within us and we get to share that connection with God. We are one with Jesus. And in a covenant, both partners equally own everything. And in a covenant, both partners have equal access to the same freedoms and rights and get to share things. Um, and Jesus showed us constantly that he, he took from his father and he was able to do things because of his father. So I'm going to share, share a few quotes Um, All Jesus, um, Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. So if Jesus said that, I can do nothing on my own. He who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. So Jesus didn't always do things that are pleasing to him because he knew he had to or it was he needed to. But because he had that connection with the Father and he knew how loved he was and and he loved his Father back, he wanted to do what was pleasing to him. He wanted to obey and be obedient. Next one, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who has sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that this commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Eternal life, not just lengthy, but fullness. I came so you may have life in all its fullness. Next one, the son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. That connection, he sees it, he knows it, and then he goes and 
he was able to live the way he did while he was here on earth as a human. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these he will, will he show him, so that he may marvel. Jesus didn't accomplish what he did on, this, on the earth because of his anointing, but because of his connection with the father. Um, so, okay, so we're at a point now where we know who we are, loved son, loved daughter, we're in a covenant relationship, um, and we abide in God's love. He calls us to abide in it, remain in it, um, and, and we know that we have the power of God, we are plugged into limitless resources and riches because of that covenant relationship. We have complete access just as Jesus does. And authority, strength, wisdom, we have that. Do you know that? Do you know that you have that? When we abide in him, his desires then become our own. And the way that we live and love is strengthened and enhanced and it looks like the kingdom because we are abiding in him. Um, and you know when, when God says, like, delight in me and I'll give you the desires of my heart, he's not just like, oh, okay, yeah, Graham have this desire, you have this desire, and we're like, oh, hey, yeah, okay, I've got this desire, therefore I need to go and do that thing and obey. No, like, when you are connected to the Father, we obey because, well, why wouldn't we? Because he loves us, we love him, so he says... When he says, like, I am God, you will obey me. It's not like, I am God, you will obey me. But it's like, I'm God, you will obey me because we desire to, because we want to. So when we're connected with the Father, when we look at Jesus, his desires literally become our own. Um, it's another story which kind of demonstrates this. Part of my testimony. So as some of you know, I came back to Worcester last Christmas um, with the intention to be here short term. Um, going to be here a few months, and then next I was going to go Mozambique, ministry school, to like nowhere to head off to after that, okay? Um, got a job, said, so kind of a temporary job while I was here, and I said, I'll be honest with you, I only want a short-term job. I'm going to be leaving in the springtime. Um, is, that, is that cool? They were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We still want you, which was a miracle. Um, nine weeks in, my manager said, oh, I'm Steph, I'm going to be leaving. This thought pops through my head. Hey, you could do that. And, um, but, but without even thinking about it, okay. And the MD calls me up and he's like, so Steph, what are you doing? Are you staying? Are you going? Um, you know, we need to like, start planning things if you're going or, um, or are you staying? And I said, well, I've had this crazy thought that like, maybe when Sammy leaves, like, m maybe I could, I could do her job. I could take that. And his response was, oh, I was hoping you'd say that. Do you want the job? <laughs> and so I panicked then because suddenly I realized that actually if I was to take the job, it means staying here for a bit longer, me putting any kind of plans that I thought God had for my life on hold or maybe they won't happen. Um, and all these different insecurities came up and I was desperately trying to plan like pros and cons of this, that and the other, things I would be sacrificing, things I'd be gaining, what could I give? Um, and just really freaking out about it, basically, and worrying a lot. 
And um, I was just praying, and Jesus was like, just look at me. Just look at me. All your lists and like plans and practical, logical planning, it's all good. Yeah, wise thing to do, but it's not helping right now. So would you just look at me? Just look at me. Don't worry about anything else. Just look at me. So then I was like, yeah, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So in the morning I'd wake up and say, Jesus, I love you. I'm looking at you. I'm putting my lists and my pros and cons, not even thinking about them. You've asked me not to think about them, so I won't. Because um, the thing is, deep down, I knew that I was going to have that job, and that was what, where God wanted me to be. But I wasn't, like, deep down I knew it, but I wasn't in that place yet of agreement with that. Um, and so day to day, it was just like, Jesus, I trust you with that. I look at you. Um, and gradually, that fear and worry just went. And what came in its place? This huge excitement of the thought of having this job and the opportunity and so the, the desire that he had for me to be in this job became my own. And I was like, yeah, I want this job. I want to go for it. Um, so rather than, so that my act of me obeying in like taking this job wasn't me thinking, okay, yeah, God, I see you want this job. So I'll go, yeah, go do that. Which sometimes is the case. Sometimes we don't um, sense that kind of alignment. We have to step into that, step into that direction. But for this, he was like, look at me, and when I connected with him again, that desire became my own, and I wanted what he wanted, and I went and did that. And in the moment still that I, like, um, start to worry, oh, that stuff that I'm sacrificing, or um, I could be here right now, or then those are the moments when I know I'm looking away from him, and he's like, hey, come back, come back to me, looking back at Jesus, and then we're okay again. <laughs> Um, and it's exciting. Okay. Um, yeah, we are called to be influential. We are influential people. And I, um, I believe there are two sides of influence. There's the first side, which is that we are the aroma of Christ. So whenever you walk into a room, like wherever you are, people catch glimpses of Jesus. And that's before you do anything. Like you literally smell like heaven. When, you know that song, um, when you walk into a room, everything changes. We're singing about Jesus. When you walk into a room, everything changes because Jesus is alive in you, right? Before you do anything. When you are with your friends, family that don't know Jesus, in your smile, in your words, like he is there and he catches glimpses of Jesus by just being with you, by just being around you in your presence. When you walk into a room, things are changing because Jesus is with you. I like this quote. This is St. Julian of Norwich. Just as the body is clothed in its garments and the flesh in its skin and the bones in their flesh and the heart in its body, so too are we, soul and body, clothed from head to feet in the goodness of God. Clothed in it. Before you're doing anything, you are carrying the goodness of God around with you. And then comes the other side of influence, which is intentionality. So going back to what I was saying before, we know that we carry Jesus' presence. We are covenant partners of Jesus. 
We are co-heirs, co-partners with him. Co meaning, co from the Greek meaning equal. We are equal with Jesus now. Um, now that we know that, we get to make choices. We get to take responsibility for our relationship with him. We get to take responsibility for our relationships with people or life decisions. Like day to day, we get to be intentional. We get to play a part. And the overflow of the kingdom is going to look different um, between everyone because we are wired in different ways and the things that interest you and the things that motivate you or anger you or um, how you see things, how you see the world is different for all of us. And we have different levels of capacity and God knows who we are. He knows who you are and what you have and what he's given you and what you've got. And the overflow of the kingdom from your life when we are all connected to him is going to look different. So don't compare yourself to the next person, you know, thinking, oh, they, they're more holy than me or like um, they, their friend has just come to know the Lord and I'm, nothing's going on in my life. Don't you dare compare yourself to the next person. Learn from them, teach them, let them show you. That's discipleship, isn't it? And the fact that we do think and see things and act differently is a very beautiful thing. It's like we're all different colors. Okay. Um, so I'm going to wrap up now. Um, yeah, so... I love this. If we try to relate to God through obedience first, we will always be striving for his approval. We can't approach God through obedience. We must approach him first through knowing that we are his. Know that you are his. Know that you are loved. Abide in that love. And then you will only want to be obedient. And then you will only see the kingdom come in your life. It's naturally, it's a natural overflow. You don't need to strive for it. You don't need to work hard to make it happen. When you are connected with the Father, when you know that oneness, then it will naturally come out of your life. Okay. Jesus is our connection with the Father. We are one with him. We are co-heirs. Um... We're going to go into time of communion now. Could I have the serving team and the hospitality team to come and share out the bread and the food and the drink? <laughs>